Today, our first reading is from the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verses 29 through 31. This is the Lord speaking, saying, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your good. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. Then God looked over all he has made, and he saw that it was very good. Our second reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 58, verses 10 through 11. And if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always, He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. This is the word of the Lord. Some of you might have heard of the radio station K-Love. K-Love is a national Christian radio station that we can get here as well. But they have this campaign that that they call Good Kid of the Week. So people all across the country can submit names of kids that they think should win this title of Good Kid of the Week. And basically these kids are so filled with kindness that it overflows into these acts that go and benefit their communities. They spread the love that they have for people and they spread the love of Jesus to many in needs. A recent recipient, Farmer Roy, is an eight-year-old boy who loves to garden and grow vegetables. So he started a take-what-you-need farm stand. There's no expectation of anything in return. Anyone can come and take as much as they need whenever they need it. Well, this started to pick up in the community, and the community started to follow suit. And so before long, there were many people in the community that started a take-what-you-need farm stand. We see through Farmer Roy's kindness that how it turns into an act of goodness as he prefers others and expects nothing in return. Connor is a 13-year-old boy who started Connor's Kindness Project. Now I have to say these words really slow or else I'm going to be all tongue twisted. But he hands out kindness kits and they are these red boxes that are filled with different types of toys and then he delivers them to kids in hospitals and in shelters. Well, as word picked up that he was doing this as well, his community jumped on board to help him. And so this year, he's on track for delivering 2,000 kindness kits to kids in children's hospitals and shelters. Again, we see Connor's kindness flowed into an act of goodness preferring others and expecting nothing in return. Kindness is treating others gently, just as God treats us. Jesus showed kindness to people in all circumstances, whether they treated him nicely or not. He showed kindness to the sick, to the poor, to the socially outcast, to those who opposed him and even those who plotted against him. He showed that kindness is having a tender heart towards others, just as God has with us. 
When we look at the fruit of the Spirit verse in Galatians chapter 5, and we look at the word kindness in Greek, that word is Christos, and it means it's useful, fit for, really signifying that kindness requires an action. If we think about the people that we know that we would say are very kind, they are always actively looking for ways to bless and help others. It always results in an act of good for someone else. When we look at the quality of kindness and the fruit of the Spirit, we see that kindness and goodness not only complement each other, but they go hand in hand with each other. You can't have one quality without the other quality. Otherwise, when we do good without kindness, that good becomes all about us. Look at what I have done. When we're kind without doing good, we're actually not being kind at all because kindness requires an action on our part. We tend to think that kindness is about saying nice words, and it's much more than just saying nice words. Kindness requires the right attitude. It requires gentle words and gentleness, which is also another quality of the fruit of the Spirit, and it requires an action. Now, I told two great stories about two young kids that got national attention about how kindness welded up in their hearts and overflowed into acts of goodness. And sometimes when we talk about those things, then we tend to think that, oh, we have to match that level. We have to do something as big as they did. But kindness really happens in everyday life, in everyday situations, even in the mundane things. For instance, my husband, he does the dishes after I cook. I don't ask him to do the dishes. He doesn't ask me if, he, if I want him to do the dishes. He just knows that after working all day and coming home and helping with homework and then cooking dinner, when that's all over, the last thing I want to do is now clean up. I'm an early riser, so I want to go, bed, go to bed early, and he knows that. So in his kindness, he does the dishes simply because he wants to help me and really because he wants me to keep making dinner. But let's not focus on that. We'll focus on his kindness. He is being kind. He does prefer me. There are other things I'm sure he would love to do than wash the dishes for me. Now, when he does these dishes, he doesn't complain. He doesn't expect anything in return. But if he were to complain while doing these dishes, it wouldn't be an act of kindness at all. Instead, it would be something that maybe he would have felt obligated to do or nobody else would do, so he better do. And it wouldn't be in a right attitude or with gentle words. Now, if he chose to do the dishes with something expected in return, that's not kindness either. That's becoming all about me and what can he get if he does this. Kindness and goodness requires us to prefer others and put their needs before our own. Without goodness and kindness, it's just acts and things that we have done. Goodness is profitable for many. It's beneficial for many. And sometimes, a lot of times, what's beneficial isn't always fun, like doing the dishes. And it's not always easy, especially depending on how I kind of cooked that meal that night. It's not necessarily an easy cleanup. And it's not even pleasant. 
And we'll discover that when we do acts of kindness, we don't always enjoy them. It's not always easy for us. It requires some sort of sacrifice. It requires something on our part. And sometimes we feel discomfort or inconvenience. But the benefit will always outweigh our feelings of inconvenience or our feelings of being uncomfortable, even if we don't feel like it in that moment. Goodness is never about ourselves. Goodness is always about how we can benefit others and how we can bring the good of the kingdom to other people. When we put together kindness and goodness and it produces acts of good, we know that it is good simply because of the good that it does for others. When we look at God, we know he is kind and good because we can see that in all things that he does. Because in all things that he does, it benefits others. If we go back to the very beginning story of creation, in the first book of Genesis, we read about all the things that God created, and we see his goodness. On the first day, God created light, and he separated light from darkness, and we had day and night. And God himself said in verse 5, it was good. On the second day, he separated waters, and we have the sky. On the third day, he separated land and seas, and then we see that land starts to produce vegetation, food for our good. And in verse 10, God said, it was good. On the fourth day, he created sun, moon, and stars. And in verse 19, God said it was good. On the fifth day, he created fish and birds. And in verse 21, God said it was good. And on the sixth day, he created animals. And in verse 25, can you guess it? God said it was good. And then he took it one step farther. And then he made man in his image. And then he gave man the authority to rule over the fish and the birds and the livestock and the wild animals and all the creatures on the ground. And from our reading today in Genesis, God stops and looks over everything that he has made and he said it was very good. And in God's creation, we see his kindness and goodness for his creation. Not only did he create, but he also created things that would supply for their needs. He gave everything for them, for their survival, to sustain them, and so that they would also thrive. Those things God made in those six days are for our good as well. When he gave us the sun and he gave us light and he gave heat, and then we had the light and the heat to grow in a way that we could be fed. He separated the waters and he created land and sea. And so now we can live on dry ground, even though I know today we may want to live in the sea, but we can live on dry ground. We can have farmlands and land that would produce crops and food, not just for us, but for animals. He gave us fish and birds that would become a food source. He gave us male and female for companionship and so that we could populate the earth. And he gave animals, male and female, to continue a food source for us as well. We see God's goodness in every act of his creation because of the good that it has done for it. And as God created us in his image, that also means that we too were created to do good works. 
Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So deep down inside of us, we all have a desire to do good. Whether we act upon that desire or not, it is in us to do good. Through us, God's people, his goodness and his kindness is seen. When we treat others with kindness, especially when they treat us badly, we reveal God's kindness and we walk in the quality of kindness. When we do acts of goodness, even in sometimes ugly situations, we reveal God's heart as kind and good and we walk and grow in the qualities of kindness and goodness. When we do acts of benevolence for others and we care for others, we reveal God's kindness and goodness and we walk in the qualities of kindness and goodness. But there's also something in there for us as well. When we are doing good works for others and out of kindness, God comes and does something in us too. We grow and we reveal more of God. We start to look more and more like Jesus and our lives become the reflection of who God is. And as we pour ourselves out doing for others, God comes in and fills us up with himself. And then he promises us from our reading in Isaiah that our lights will shine in the darkness and we will be like well-watered gardens. It starts with the instructions. If you spend yourself in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, if you spend yourself, if you pour yourself out, if you help others, if you do good works out of kindness, then God says our lights will shine in darkness. We sometimes forget that as the people of God, we have the power to let our lights drive out darkness. We can dispel darkness by walking in the qualities of kindness and goodness. If you remember back probably to the very early days of the COVID lockdown, this random act of kindness campaign started. And it was around before then, but they launched this really big campaign. And this campaign brought people together to do acts of goodness to help brighten the world. They helped spread goodness and love to other people in a very, very dark time. People wanted to spread kindness to dispel the fear. We saw people do everyday, ordinary things bring groceries to a neighbor, pay for somebody in a drive-thru, hold a door, let somebody go first at a stop sign. Every time we do something in acts of kindness, we dispel, we push back that darkness and our lights shine brighter. We also show others what God is really like through those very simple acts. Darkness can't remain in the presence of light, and each one of us carry the light of God in us. So if we are faithful to walk in those qualities, the Lord promises that our lights will shine brighter and brighter, and we actually will push back and drive out the darkness. When we're in that, we often find that while we're doing other, good for others, that God comes and meets us there. In our giving, God meets our needs, in our giving, God tends to our burdens and what we're carrying in our heart. And he helps us to take the focus off of ourselves. So by now, in the third week of this series, you probably have heard that phrase several times 
that walking in the fruit of the Spirit is not all about ourselves. And we need God to help us take the focus off of ourselves so that we can focus on others, so we can walk out his will and care for others. And as we give ourselves out and God fills us up, and we will start to walk more faithfully in the Spirit, we will start to choose to walk in the Spirit and lay our flesh to rest. And in that choosing, we'll see that God is tending to our needs, and those needs will no longer consume us, but instead they will teach us to rely more and more on God. They will help us to open up ourselves for God to come in and change us. And in that changing process, our desire will grow to walk in the qualities of kindness and goodness, just like God does with us. And then as we more and more walk in the fruit of the Spirit, we're going to see that God always guides us. Now we know he's always there guiding us, but we don't necessarily stop and look for him. We don't necessarily listen, and sometimes we don't necessarily want to go where he's leading us. But when we're walking in the Spirit and we're focused on walking that way and honoring God, we're going to see that God is going to come in and not only guide us, but he's going to satisfy our needs. Not our wants, although God does satisfy many of our wants, but all of our needs will be cared for. And then, as he said in Isaiah, it'll strengthen our frames. Many times when we're burdened or we're just emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually exhausted, our frames, our physical frames become weak. You may notice that when you're burdened, your shoulders start to sloop and your back starts to hunch a little and you start to walk more with your head down and you make less and less eye contact because you're heavy you're carrying burdens. And even in those times, if we can come to the point where we can serve others, even from that place, we will see that the Holy Spirit will come and he will strengthen our frame. The more we give of ourselves, the more strength that it brings to us. And then we will stand upright and our heads will be held high and we will be able to see where our help comes from. And then the best part, I think, of that promise in Isaiah is then the Spirit fills us with the living waters of Jesus. The Spirit fills us with that life-giving presence of God. And we become like a watered garden that produces the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of Christ-likeness. Kindness is more than just the words that we say. Kindness propels us to act. It propels us to do good for others. When Jesus came here, in the overflow of his kindness, he acted every opportunity he could. He came to share. He came to give so it would benefit many. He came to serve. He did so much for other people because it was never about himself. Because goodness and kindness always prefers another. 
Goodness and kindness always wants to bless and do. Goodness and kindness always wants to bring the good of the kingdom to that person. And that's what Jesus did. It was never about him. It was always, always, always about us. David reminds us in Psalm 23, 6, that God only gives us goodness in loving kindness all the days of our lives. That's what God is asking of all of us. He's asking for us to be like him and let our kindness flow into acts of good that will benefit others. He's asking for us to be like him so that we can show those who don't know God what he really is like to show others how God cares for and treats his people, that kindness and goodness still matter today. And in these times that we live, people are desperate to know that there are kind people in this world, that there is still good in this world. And that's where we come in, because we were created in God's image to be kind and to do good. And God is just asking you to let those qualities that you already have inside of you bubble up and flow out into this world to be a light in the darkness. You have the very heart of your heavenly Father right inside of you. You carry it wherever you go. It was meant to be shared with other people. It was meant for your lights to grow and grow and grow to dispel darkness and to bring the good of the kingdom wherever we go. So let us all practice and grow and walking in the qualities of goodness and kindness so that as we do, it'll flow into goodness that will benefit many and bring the good of the kingdom here. And it will glorify our Heavenly Father by showing the world who God really is. Amen.